And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, Nate, you are on the clock now. I feel like this fell pretty good for you, actually, all things considered. With you having the number two pick in your personal history. But you keep saying that, and it's like, now I'm like scared. Am I like overthinking this? But I, with the number two pick, uh, the Nate Tice, you know, quarterback selection group uh, selects <laughs> Dak Prescott. Wow. With the number two. Whoa. Yeah. That's why you kept saying that. And I'm like, are you sure you know who I'm going with here? Like, yeah. I saw oh, you uh, tweeting Dak Prescott clips I earlier. And I, was I, like, I thought it, it was going to be at five. Nope. I teased it. I oh, teased it. I was ready it. to I'm, take him at three to jump Exactly. You. Thank you. The only thing else I got to say is. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? All right, there it is. Nate Tice, the athletic football show with some Dak love. He'll be joining us a little bit later to go into further detail about that. Uh, I was producing the show last week and took us all by surprise when uh, he got some Dak love out there on the air. I didn't know that uh, over the past year working with him and so you know let's give him the forum here let's give him the proper forum here on the about them cowboys podcast to talk about the cowboys and uh, and do it proper justice so nate tice the athletic football show will be joining us a little bit later and uh but cowboys nation it's been a crazy week in cowboys nation and uh, we got a lot to talk about so we will do so with the best of the best when it comes to Talking all things Dallas Cowboys here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Kent Garrison here running the show behind the scenes. And I'm going to welcome in the panel to run us through this. It's Kevin K.T. Turner and from the Athletic, Father John, the show to boys. Welcome back. And uh, John, I guess it was a, it's, it's been kind of a crazy week in the rumor department. And uh, it feels like a normal Cowboys offseason in terms of the, of the rumors uh, with the Julio thing and um, you know, I guess it never fails on and off the field that, uh, the Cowboys will be in the news, but it seems like more often than not, it's stuff off the field when they, why they make the news. Um, but, um, KT, this was just a crazy, crazy week. Um, you know, and it was all basically stuff off the field. So, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just a stranger out on the town bumps into Julio Jones wearing a Cowboys sweatshirt. And before you know it, there's a national story that, Carried into Fox Sports One when Shannon Sport uh, or FS One or whatever they call it, where Shannon Sharp uh, called Julio Jones live on the air, and then Julio Point Blank told him it's nothing; he's not going to Dallas. But you don't see that every day. It was kind of a weird, a weird start. It's almost like these stories are stories that don't directly impact the team, um, but they are right. still Cowboys headlines because they are. Well, one of the most entertaining brands that there is in the world. Uh, it's just incredible. John- it's incredible how how with star players when they're on the trade block, whatever. I mean, going back, I don't know, twenty years. Dion, maybe before that. It's just like everybody is always linked to the Cowboys for some yeah, reason. You know, it's amazing. I guess I'm going to go in a little bit different direction here, guys. Uh, as a sports fan, um, I mean, we all have gone to the mall or to the movies or maybe in a sporting event. And maybe you had, let's say like a Milwaukee Bucks shirt on, or maybe even like the Colorado Rockies. There are certain teams in sports that you do not wear their gear unless you're a fan of that team because they're such a lightning rod. For example, I'm a Duke basketball fan. When you wear Duke stuff out, you get people that don't even know you that will say stuff. You're like, ah, Duke sucks. Okay, cool, dude. Nobody says that if you're wearing a Colorado Rocky shirt. When you wear a Dallas Cowboys hoodie, and I'm just talking about everyday civilians, okay, you're going to get people that say stuff to you, especially, you know, just because it's 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 one of those teams like the Lakers, like the Yankees, like Duke basketball, things like that. Like, And then when you're one of the top wide receivers in the NFL and you're wearing that, like, 
I don't buy in the whole like, oh, this was an accident. Like, oh, I think no. you know what you're doing. It kind of goes back for me. I joke around about this with my brother all the time because it was like the most absurd excuse I've ever heard. But this isn't going to be on a lot of people's radar, but it's something that like I'll always remember. I don't know if it was the last game. But it was one of the last games Anthony Davis played in New Orleans, and he wore a shirt that said, like, a Looney Tunes, that's all, folks. And when he was asked about it, everybody knew he was leaving there. But when he was asked about it, his excuse was, I don't even dress myself. Like, someone just puts out the clothes and I wear them. It was just mind-blowing, you know? Like, you know exactly what you're doing. So when I saw that picture, I was just like, all right, he he did that on purpose and... You know, maybe he didn't think it would get blown up into like what it is, but still, it's like. And then here's the other thing: like he's never coming to the Cowboys anyway. Like if there was one position that they don't need, it well, actually, it would probably be quarterback because they just paid, made their quarterback the second highest paid player in, in the league's history and the highest paid in franchise history. But wide receiver would be next. They don't need any wide receivers. Right. So crazy. It's amazing though how they you know this happened with Adrian Peterson too. Earl Thomas, you know, it's like when you want out of a situation, you just kind of say, I want to be a cowboy, you know, and it's like that seems to be the the key word to get yourself traded or somewhere. Uh, and of course, it, it's just funny because Julio was linked to the Cowboys before the picture came out. People were talking about like, oh, Cowboys uh, going to make a gonna make a move here for who Jerry's going to pull something. No. And then the picture came out and it blew up into this huge like, oh, this could really be a thing, you know, and it, it never was going to be a thing. And and it's amazing that one picture can um, can make people, I don't know, jump to conclusions so fast. Um, it is innocent, but at the same time, John, it is on purpose. I'm kind of with both. I'm kind of both sides on it, KT. Well, yeah, you know, like I have, um, I think I, I like a Milwaukee Brewers shirt. That's the team. Uh, John, I see mentioned the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I always liked like retro brands and stuff, like with cool logos. I like this wasn't a retro hoodie. This wasn't. But this like was a, a boring. Yeah, this, is this boring. was like it a just, current, like like team issued thing. This wasn't like I love the '90s Cowboys. Here's my my Emmett Smith throwback, you know, or whatever it is. No, this was like, you know what? It, it reminded me of John and. And I don't know if Hula has even said where he got the hoodie or whatever, but I thought like he probably got it from one of these other receivers that he works out with. You know, these all these guys are together in the offseason working out, you know, quarterbacks and off and on Michael Jordan, Michael Johnson Performance Center, places like that. So there's a chance there's a Cowboys wide receiver walking around in, a, in an Atlanta Falcons hoodie somewhere and they, you know, do that kind of thing. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it just seems more innocent than. I'm going to go buy a Cowboys hoodie and I'm going to put it on. I'm going to go to the mall and all this stuff. It just seems like more, I don't know. He's in town. He lives here. He likes these guys. He's a fan of the franchise and all that. And it's, he wants out of course, but he never thought he was going to come to Dallas, John, like you said. It it was kind of strange though. Like, so that happens. I I have a feeling that this irked John because John is a true journalist here. I, I have a feeling that John didn't like the Shannon Sharp phone call to Julio Jones, and I never, I never watched that stupid show. You couldn't pay me money to watch that show, but you couldn't avoid the, you know, viral activity that 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 phone call was getting. I'm sure John A, you hate the ethics of that, and B, kind of set up, right? That's definitely a setup. That's definitely Julio just doing this on purpose, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see how that was that was being done. Out of on out of nowhere, like I'm sure that they discussed it beforehand, or he would have never even taken that call. So for him to say at the end, you know, you're on air. I think it made it look like he was just being told that at the time. I don't believe that's what really happened. Um, to me, the most enjoyable part was the way Skip Bayless was acting like a child. Uh, hey, 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 ask him Which, this. Ask him this. Ask him this. Like in the background, stupid. like like I was like, shut up, like. Like let him in. Wait, hey, ask him, ask him, ask him. He literally said, "He goes, ask him about the shirt. Ask him about the Cowboys. Hey, hey, ask him about the Cowboys." <laughs> I was like, "Is this real TV? Like, what is this right here?" But, um, but like as as much as those shows can just be like a joke, like I, I don't I don't think that Shannon Sharp would do that to a friend and just put them on the spot like that. I think he he told Julio, "Hey, when we're on the show today, I'm going to call you. You know, just real quick." Like, just for a minute, uh, I got to ask you about that shirt or whatever. And he's probably, yeah, okay, whatever. And he took the call when he was in the car or whatever, and that's it. But, like, I don't think that he really did not tell him until the very end. If he did, and that is true, I mean, 
Heck, I mean, he, you could probably get sued for that. I mean, there's got to be lawsuits that you could you that you'd be able to file. But I mean, I don't think that Julio would be willing to go that far. But certainly, the Falcons aren't happy about that because they just <laughs> that that little phone conversation of about thirty seconds drove their. Uh, the, any bargaining that they had completely out the window because what team is going to trade for him now when they know that he's going to be on the block? Like, or I mean, a team could still trade for him, but like, what team's going to give up a lot for him now? No, 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 for sure. And that's the thing, though, is that uh, that whole thing was just so dumb. And you kind of look at the Cowboys' cap situation as well. I mean, that's another thing where you just go, yeah, there's there's no way they're they're doing anything like that. And it's Julio trying to get out of town, but. I don't know, just something about it, like always, okay, well, what if they did something with Michael Gallup? That's the only realistic way, and it's not even realistic enough to even go down that path. But, again, the Cowboys are one of those uniforms. They're one of those logos. You wear it, kind of just get, uh, generates headlines no matter what. Now, we go uh, on the same kind of uniform uh, tip. Jalen Smith in the news for stuff off the field. As he wants to go be number nine. I have so little interest in numbers. Like, I really don't care about that stuff. But this story is very interesting. Is There's like a whole Romo element to it as well. And then he has the comments. And he said he wanted to stay. He wanted to uh, continue on Romo's legacy. Even though he hadn't even. Like, we don't even know that they had spoken. We just know that they, they like reached out. Like, he had tried to get a hold of Romo. So... What do you think's going through Jalen's mind that he's trying to get rid of 54 this year now when he could wait and it'd be free? He's got to pay to make this work as well. Like, there's a lot going on here with this than just uh, changing uniforms. What's your thoughts on all this? Go ahead, John. Oh, I thought you were raising your hand because you, you had you had something profound. <laughs> oh, no, it's never profound. Go ahead, John. Oh, okay. Um, I personally don't care. Uh, I know that Jalen's a lightning rod for the fan base because of swiping celebrations, celebrations in general, uh, late in games that uh, aren't particularly close, and uh, just the overall lack of awareness that I think that uh, he's kind of developed and uh, the fan base is kind of annoyed by. And so I think that factors in. But being at, you know, the OTA practice on Tuesday, just being honest, uh, with the visor on wearing that number nine, I kind of thought he looked like a badass. So, uh, would I pay $500,000 worth of inventory for that number? No. Uh, I don't know why he would do that either. Uh, I would just wait another year, but that's Jalen. Jalen is, uh, he's different, uh, than, than most people from that aspect. He's very aware of the marketing side of things. Um, and so I know that I'm sure that there were conversations between his, him and his agent and other people around him. And I'm sure there were people around him that told him, just wait till next year. This isn't financially, this doesn't make a lot of sense. And he was probably like, nope, I'm good with this. This is what I've wanted to do. This is a number I've had all my life until I came to the Cowboys. This is what I'm doing. So uh, he's doing it. But I will say it's because of Jalen Smith. If it was a different player, I don't know. I don't think that there it would be as big of a deal. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a couple, you know, a couple of things are at, at at play here. You know, not only is it Jalen Smith, but it is a number of a of an iconic player in this franchise. Um, and so the the fans, uh, you know, I, I went through the Cowboys uh, Instagram just to see kind of what the reaction was from the from the Cowboys Nation, and they posted a picture of just Jalen, and it said number nine, and just with Jalen uh, wearing the jersey, and the comments was just like. I can't believe that they let this happen. And and that was sort of my first reaction, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, when I worked there, the number was off limits, you know, straight up. There was a few, there's a few that's off that were off limits. Um, you know, 82, 22, 12, 74. Um, okay, nine was those other four are they eight. the same category as nine? No, they're not. Uh, but no, but they no, but they're, they're in the in the they're in the same um I don't know. Same what? Pantheon of what the Cowboys considered they? retireable at the time. If that at the time, sense. that's only because it was fresh because Tony had just retired. Uh, there's no question that, that nine isn't in the same level as those. Nine will numbers. be nine. Nine will be retired at some point. I mean, right? It can't. It can't be because they're they haven't retired any other numbers. It will not well, be. Well, I mean, it'll be in the. In it'll the be worn again yeah, yeah. by like a. a Nine will be worn by a Cowboys quarterback in probably the next 10 or 15 years. 
Well, it doesn't make much sense to me. <laughs> I mean, there's so much at play here, and, and, and it, it's it's Maybe a few things. Fifteen years. It, it's I a few know. things. Like I said, what happened here was it's actually so you funny. know what it probably won't be worn by a quarterback because here's what what's going to happen is that because of the way that the league has changed this rules, there's going to be so many guys like like the top numbers that guys are going to if you follow college football. Like college football is littered with defensive tackles wearing single digits. And it's been like that for like a decade. So that's what's going to happen. Like everything one through nine are going to be every team, like unless that Jersey number is retired, it's going to be used by a player. And what Tony Romo accomplished with the Cowboys is probably enough to get him in the ring of honor, but it's not enough for them to retire the Jersey. I mean, for the Cowboys, you're going to have to have like, he'd have to be the all time leading passer in NFL history or a Super Bowl champion, something on that level. But nine will be continued to be worn by well after Jalen Smith by other players. It, it, I mean, you got to retire 74, 12, 22 and eight before you even get to nine. Yeah. Is nine is, is nine. Even, yeah, they, uh, have, they haven't, they haven't officially retired any of them, but right. um, nobody's Nine's, worn. Nobody's nine, worn a, nine wouldn't be even on there higher than the than only other 80, one that's, a, that's retired is 88, but you have to have Jerry's personal. It's the same thing. So speaking of Jerry, so what happens? I mean, 33 happens, shouldn't be worn. Yeah. There are yeah, some that they a, there are some that they honestly, John, that they fifty four shouldn't be worn. No, no John, yeah, it's, literally, that's the thing, it's there are light. some ones that they that they try that they you know this that they give out, and then as soon as the number is back, like seventy four, they always have a guy, and then as soon as they can get rid of somebody wearing seventy four, they try to do that. So it's like a situation where we don't want to well, do this, but we will because only with rule. those four numbers, though. Right. With yes, right. Uh, and so you know what happened here with. Just, let's just imagine the situation, Jerry and Jalen, right? Jerry and Jalen. Jalen calls Jerry. Hey, Jerry, uh, really thinking about uh, wanting to be number nine because, you know, obviously I was I was at Notre Dame, wanted to be that coming in, but but Tony was here or just left and, and the rules were different, but I, I want to do that. Well, uh, Jalen, I, I can see why you'd want to do that. Uh, you know, obviously the rules allow that, but uh, you know what? You're going to have to ask Tony. Okay. I've been I've been okay. part of too many I've been a part of too Here's many Jalen. Hold on, I've been a part of too many Jalen Smith interviews to know that everything you've set up to this point I believe is accurate, but you can't go any farther without somewhere in there mentioning that I am the quarterback I have a clear, of the defense. I have a clear eye view. Oh. I'm the quarterback of the defense. He loves okay. saying that. So that fits in perfect. <laughs> yes, that fits yes. In perfect. That was for <laughs> sure. In the, yes, he for sure told Jerry. Since I'm the quarterback of the defense, I want to wear number nine and and preserve the legacy of Tones Rome's. And so he said, "Yeah, call Tony." And then Tony gets a call out of nowhere, probably on the golf course from Jalen Smith. The hell, something must be wrong. Why is Jalen calling me? Hello. Hey, Jalen. Uh, hey, Tony, it's Jalen. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, man, what's up? Hey, man. Um, so really kind of want to wear number nine. Uh, Hello? That Yeah, I, I guess that's cool, man. Yeah, go for it, man. All right, cool. Thanks, Tony. Bye. Tony hangs up. What the F, Jerry? Why did nah. Jerry ever let it get to the point where Tony Romo had to be the one to to allow him to to wear the number, and, and it becomes a a stupid talking point for fans when when this becomes like a permission to 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 be the quarterback of the defense. It's a freaking number. And let's yeah, I don't think Tony. And, and, I don't think Tony even talked to him because he said that. No way. Quote, he said at quote, "Me and Tony are working on conversations right now. He's a busy guy." End quote. That doesn't oh, sound like somebody that's okay, that's anything other okay. than maybe send out a text that was left on red. You know. Oh wow. Okay. And and one other thing, KT. This is my last thing on it. Let's not act like the entire reason this is a thing is because Micah Parsons came into town and he's going to be rocking number 11 and Jalen Smith was not going to have some young stud rocking a low number, taking up all his hype and doing all his swipes this year. So he had to get, take some of that hype back, so to speak, and bring himself back into that mindset. So. I do. I do believe that he did tweet out something or he did say, make something known on social media before the draft that he wanted nine when that ruling came down from the NFL. Cause I remember it, that's when it kind of started becoming a thing where, where Cowboys fans were like, there's no way. Anyway, one other thing I wanted to add on this real quick, um, for both you guys, uh, I, I if, if I'm Tony Romo, like, and Jalen Smith called me, like, I don't know, I wouldn't really care. 
Like, it's not like anybody's going to like, it, I don't think it affects like your legacy or anything you did with the Cowboys. Like people are still going to buy number nine Romo jerseys and stuff like that. No one's going to ever like, they're not going to forget what you've done. Like for me, like I, I feel like, and I feel like he would be this way too, is that he's far enough removed from the game. He's obviously was a s- successful NFL player. He's a, he's a successful, you know, broadcaster now. Like I, I would think he would have moved on from that to where, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I find it hard to believe. I've always thought about that with the number conversation that people talk about. It's just how awkward it would be to be like, nah, you can't worry that. Like, you know, especially when they talk about like retired numbers with teams and that like the person has, has passed away. And then, so you have to ask the right. family. So like, yes, exactly. no, you know, Tony you're not was always going to say yes. So why did right, right. Jerry That's how throw I feel it on it. Tony to, 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 to do it. It's just very weird. And the only thing I'll say, and I agree, it's stupid. It's a, it's a freaking Jersey number. Okay. It has nothing to do with, with how this guy plays on the field or whatever. <laughs> if it, guys are willing it, to pay the money a, that they're willing right. to pay. It's stupid to argue about it, but it is a talking point. Yeah. It matters um, to them. It certainly matters to them, but you know, at the same time, it's like Tony deserves kind of the, the respect that people are trying to give him here because people remember sucking for so long until Tony was the quarterback. Okay. And so it's like, if there's any, anyone in the past 20 years, it's, pr- it's probably like Witten and Romo in terms of like fans. These are the guys that, that took us out of the dark ages, you know? Uh, and maybe Bill Parcells, if you could retire him, but, uh, or whatever. So that's, that's kind of, I, I, I understand the frustration from the, from the fan base's perspective there, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of, Kind of with you. It's it's a freaking jersey number, um, and he's got bigger things to worry about. Let's just say that. Yeah, no, and that, there's the whole thing. Like, I only have a problem with these types of things if there's one guy in your franchise that you're you know encroaching on. If it's Dirk, okay, not a discussion. If it's Mike Madonna at the Stars, not a discussion. Well, those guys who are the face of the franchise, Tony's not a top ten Dallas Cowboy of all time, like. So to me, and, if, and you have this whole thing of this organization that doesn't retire jerseys, they just do the whole ring of honor thing. To me, whatever. And I doubt Tony cares. I, I in fact, I would uh, be willing to bet. I think he might care if like, if like he retired and then Dak was like, I want if number Dak nine. Dak did it, yeah. No, or, that's or, or like they drafted a guy and they immediately gave him nine or something like that. That would be kind like, of a slap in the face. Like last week, I was begging Phil on Sunday, Phil Mickelson, to be to wear Tiger's Nike red on Sunday, you know, yeah. uh, that would have been pretty. I thought that would have been pretty badass. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Um, uh, I, I, KT, do you, would you have an issue with uh, Luca wanting to wear forty one? Yeah, I think it's kind of messed up. Yeah, okay. Dirk's the one. He's the only one. Fair, you know. And I don't think anybody's going to want to wear seventy seven or forty one anyway. So I think yeah. they're good. And 77 kind of looks terrible. It's, uh, and it's awesome it looks awesome because no, no player will, awful. every time you see 77, you're going to think of Luca or Tyron Smith, you know? Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I wonder what number Nate Tice would be. Or what number so What number were you in college? What number were you at, at, at Wisconsin? Uh, I was 12. Nate. I wore the Dirty Dozen. Ah, Staubach. So if you were a Dallas Cowboy and you took Staubach's number, would that cause a stink in Cowboysville? I bet it would. Probably would. Probably would. I mean, that's the captain, right? That's the captain. Captain America, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty – I know. And actually, why I wore 12 was – well, honestly, it was because when I moved up to varsity as a freshman, they had 19 and 12. And no way I was wearing 19 <laughs> as a quarterback. So, But honestly, how I've spun it, how I've spun it is that was my dad's favorite player growing up was Joe Namath. So it was uh, so pretty easy, but that's how I, that's how I always turned out. I was like, oh yeah, it's because of Joe Namath. Yeah, yeah. Big <laughs> big A fan growing up. That's what it was. So, yeah, 12, 12 looked good though. Yeah, uh, th- that's awesome. Um, well, welcome in Nate. Uh, of course, bringing him from him in from the athletic football show, and uh, KT. He, you listened to the episode that he was on uh, the football draft. It was it was good times. Let's set the stage there. Yeah, no, I love the tension. As you and Lindsay and, and Robert were um, were drafting these quarterbacks, and we talked a little bit earlier uh, in this episode uh, about the criteria that you guys were working with, and then of course Lindsay goes uh, Patrick Mahomes to kind of end that suspense, and then you're up with the number two pick in the draft, and I'm sitting here kind of walking through it, you know, five years, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have five years left, okay, well maybe Russell Wilson, maybe he could go there. Would he would he jump on the Trevor Lawrence train without seeing him play? One NFL game. What is Nate going to do? And you drop the hammer with confidence, sir. Dak Prescott, your quarterback. And I just want to say, great job. I like it. I like Incredible. what you did there. <laughs> it got me the golden ticket on this show. It was perfect. That's That was the whole point. So we're good. No, I, I, I was ready too because I knew there would be some... I would say pushback, but maybe some kind of like, oh, really? Like, is that that's what you're going with? And I, I, I watched even a couple more games uh, later last week just to go. I'm like, am I crazy? Is that was that just like you know maybe a beer talking when I was watching film? And I was like, and, uh, but then I, I watched him again, and it was like, no, I, I mean, he's the real deal, man. I, I, I think what what has happened with Dak is we all have this mental image that he's a his Mississippi state days and he's been carried by the O line. And, and he said Zeke to tote the rock all the time. And it's like, yeah, but they're winning a lot of games. They were competing a lot of games because that freaking quarterback they have wearing number four is really, really good. And just because he does everything well and not a lot of guys do that. And that's what elite is, is that you don't have a weakness. And it's like, it's so when you get a guy and it's not just, it's not traits. A lot of these guys, it's arm strength or they're talented. They have good legs. They, they, um, you know, they have a couple of traits that they lean on. It's like Dak can lean on anything. He can win from the pocket. He can add lib plays. He can actually legit run every QB run concept because he's so big and tough and athletic, but then also he's just cerebral. And I think that's the thing that people don't realize with Dak is how smart he is. Like unbelievably smart. Like I said on the show was. It's him and the old guys like that. I mean, as far as mental acclum, like just before the snap, him and Travis Frederick would just talk and like full full blown conversations as stuff's going on. And it's just you don't see quarterbacks do that because they're getting on the same page. Having Travis probably helped a lot early on. (laughs) Travis, I played with Travis in college and he's one of the smartest human beings, not just football players, but smartest human beings I've ever been around. And and he had shed a light to me, too. They said they Dak was just as good. Dak, Dak was put some of that too. So they let us do it a lot. And they, I mean, I, I just love Dak. I, I could just keep going and going. <laughs> who was that? Who else was in consideration there for you? Uh, Russ and, you know, Russ, of course I, and you know, really the three actually kind of mentioned was Rogers, Russ, Lawrence, um, Herbert kind of, but I mean, I thought it was, it, it was pretty easy for me to just go Mahomes and the Dak. I, I mean, that's, that's how I look at it anyways. That's why I was trying to also say to Robert a little bit too, was that 
I, I don't care about the contract is because you can't pay an elite quarterback enough money. It, it, you can't like these guys make the team. And if you have an elite guy what everybody in all sports knows an elite quarterback is the best position you can have. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not a, a power pitcher. It's not a two way wing in basketball. It's no, it's a freaking elite quarterback. And so that's why you can't pay these guys enough money, but that that's so really it was him, him alone. Oh. I, I think, you know, you know, just on that note with Russell Wilson, you know, working with you guys and producing you and Robert uh, after games throughout the season, it's just it was a constant point of emphasis about what Russell Wilson was doing at the quarterback position and and what what he was able to do and and just his overall ability and and, and mental awareness and ability, you know, fundamentally to 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 achieve uh, what he does at the position. And so it took me by surprise when you took when you took Dak Prescott. So what was it in your mind? You said the contract had nothing to do with it. So for somebody like you, Nate, and, and again, this is Nate Tice, uh, you know, son of one of my favorite NFL personalities of all time, uh, Mike Tice, but also, you know, former quarterback for Wisconsin who played with Russell Wilson. For so, so, somebody like you who knows Russell Wilson more than yeah. anybody to to take Dak over him, you know everything there is to know about Russell Wilson, film and personality and in the locker room, everything. And you still took Dak. Why is that? Yeah, and it's well, I've already gushed about Dak, so I could say that. But with Russ, it's just that his limitations cropped up again with a whole another play caller. And and with Russ is we bash the Seahawks and they can be a little basic as far as offensively, and that's what Pete Carroll emphasizes. But some of that is because that's what Russ is good at. Is he's good at play action stuff. He's good at movement stuff, and he needs a run game to carry him because his game is not built off drop dropping back twenty plus times a game. It just isn't, and he can do it. Don't get me wrong; it's like he can do it, but it's not it's not the best way for him to win. So I think it's yeah okay. There's some games where he goes against you know the Patriots last year when he I mean that's when he was in fuego and just like no I mean he he looked unstoppable. He had more touchdowns and incompletions I think uh, going through October. It's just that as soon as the bye week happens and everybody adjusts, it's just there was no adjustment to the adjustment and that and that it was like oh there's the rust there's the negatives that I've seen year year in year out even when I was with him in college he's ext- he's very smart don't get me wrong but how he plays is if he doesn't see what he thinks pre-snap happens post-snap that's when rust rust does yeah. his rust stuffs so he gets away with it don't get me wrong but it's <laughs> I would prefer to have Dak who can be win in the pocket every single time, even when stuff he can do some more stuff post snap as far as mentally Um, with Russ too, is, you know, the age group, you know, as far as just, you know, he is, he relies a lot on his athleticism. I I do, I do want to say again, Russ is a very smart guy, but he does rely on arm strength and athleticism and making those incredible deep ball throws and throws on the move. That stuff's going to wean, you know, go away as he gets a little bit older. So I think that too, I think that's, that's the thing that's underrated about Dak is he's entering the smack dab of his prime right now too. And that was another point of emphasis. I, I, I want to reiterate with it is that that's why I lean Dak is just age, age, what he can do, just everything. He's, he's the, he's the five tool player at quarterback. And I just love that. And with Russ, he does have those limitations. He has some short game stuff that he has struggled with since college. He prefers his reads to be mirrored if he does drop back, which when I say that is, it's the same concept on either side and he has to pick one and then that's it. He likes to pick it. And if it does, it's not there, then Russ does Russ magic, but I don't really prefer that. <laughs> so maybe that's maybe a little bit too, as I prefer more, maybe that more traditional side that Dak brings. How, how much did you factor in uh, the injury he had? I mean, we got a chance to see uh, their first OTA practice with him yesterday. And the best way I can describe it is that if you didn't know he had suffered that injury, like somehow you didn't watch football this past year, you never would have known it watching him yesterday. Like he didn't, like wasn't favoring the ankle at all, never limping. I mean, he looked, he looked great and he is obviously a phenomenal, like hard worker, but yeah. was there ever any concern in there? When did you ever factor that in just because of how no. gruesome the injury was? Yeah. I mean, the gruesome, yeah, the fact that the injury was so nasty, I think is what everyone remembers, but maybe the recovery isn't as bad. It's almost like someone say like you broke your arm and the bones coming through and you're just like, oh my God, that's brutal. But then a the guy just pops his MCL. The MCL takes a lot longer than the broken arm, but, and you get, you, it reheals just as, as, as quickly you know it heals perfect um i think no the short answer is no injury doesn't really phase me as much because the only really injuries now that really 
I'm concerned about in the modern times because I think ACLs even, I know that Dak didn't have an ACL, but I think ACLs even have become, it takes about a year and maybe 14 to 15 months to get a hundred percent, but nine months, it's really like where you're playable. And I think just modern medicine and the rehab process has gotten so much better. So really the injuries I only really worry about is Achilles because that's just like, that's when you see guys they're, they're athletic ability just gets sapped. I, I think it's just so hard to be explosive after those types of injuries. And if someone shreds their knee completely, when you get that, you get the combo, the ACL, MCL with cartilage, those are the ones I'm like, Ooh. So when you get what, what Dak had with the compound, it, compound fracture and all that, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, it's a tough healing process, but I trust Dak. And also when I sit, speak to his athleticism too, is he's not like Lamar where Lamar is quick twitch and, and relies on that true explosiveness. Dak is more of that smooth athlete. So I, I, that's why I don't think that, yeah, he's going to probably lose five to 10% of his athleticism, but it's, I don't think it's, that's not how he wins all the time. It's just something he can do. Um, I've, I've actually become pretty good friends with Travis Frederick over the years. So I sent him a text just to see if he's getting dirt on you. So we'll oh, see if no. that happens before, before you take off. Trav <laughs> um, Ch- might be too sweet of a guy. So hopefully he's the best. He's the best. He really is. He's one of my favorite people in the world. He really is. So he, he would have some stuff though. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm wondering how nice he's going to be. No, we know he has dirt on you. We just don't know whether he's going to text KT back enough, uh, sure. soon enough. You that, know, so. That's the thing. How fast, he texts me yeah. back. I don't know. Last yeah, time I yeah. talked to him, uh, uh, yeah, we, we ended up in a big fight. No, just kidding. He's the best. <laughs> he really is the best. Um, so, so you know, one thing was funny because you know Robert. I think I'm not sure if Robert uh, on the podcast truly felt this or he felt the need to kind of just kind of go at you a little bit uh, for that pick. But he was basically saying Dak's making Patrick Mahomes money, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. And the thing that that I would say about Dak that it. We, we got cheated out of last season because of the injury. Yeah. We've had an inconsistent offensive line the last few years because of, you know, Travis retiring in the year Travis missed and Tyron's injuries and, and Cowboys fans know what all happened. But the thing that I see is two things. You see his accuracy improve over time a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, his reads and progressions, you saw that improve over time. And then another thing, I think his feel in the pocket is something that you could kind of see improve. Yeah. And, there were questions in this market, believe it or not, about who should pay him. And I hate to mention golf again on this podcast, but like, you know, the the new uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka meme going around? Yeah. Well, Bryson DeChambeau walking by saying that, that Andy Dalton could do this behind that offensive line or whatever. Well, give me the Brooks Kepka roll in my eyes face at that. And I think we learned pretty quickly that it's just not the same. No. And it took Dak getting hurt for people to realize, oh, my God. It shouldn't have taken that long, but it took that long. So I, I don't even, like if I don't even know like when we start talking about like a weakness for Dak, I almost struggle to find it because he's kind of become good at everything. Yep. And right. and I I really don't and know like I, I can't even like <laughs> he's maybe he's not like elite in one singular area. I I don't know what he's bad at anymore. Yeah, and that's I think that's so fair. When I would say when Dak came came you know, first into the league or whatever. So maybe the shorter kind of timing things, you know, I thought like he was off on, like he would throw behind guys because he was just, it's almost like he just had to speed up his feet a little bit. But I completely agree with you. I would say in these last two years or whatever you want to call it, a year and a half because he only played six, five, six games. But it's, I mean, that's like you said, there's not a concern at all. I, I was watching the game against the Seahawks and just his pocket movement was just, oh my God, it was just, it's just stuff you teach. It's teaching tape. Like that, that is literally what it is. It's because he's keeping his eyes down field. He feels stuff. He does stuff pre-snap. It's just all these, I mean, it all just adds up. And that's what the difference between good and great is, is some, the good, the good players do it, you know, seven out of 10 times, six out of 10 times they do it, you know, and they have a couple misses. They may miss a throw, some protection stuff. They mess up, or or they're late on a throw and it gets incomplete. No one notices it. They're just like, "Oh, that was a good play by the defense." But if you watch it, you realize the quarterback was late or something like that. Dak's turning into a nine out of ten, ten out of ten guy. And I know what you were saying with Robert, like pushing back. Yeah, and I, I I'm hoping that he was just saying it for for content sake. But I I'll go back to what I said originally: is that you can't pay these elite guys enough money and Dak's elite. I, I mean, he is any way you shake it. I, I think he is because it's just like you said, there's no weaknesses when these guys are into playoffs, especially 
and I'll, I'll make another basketball comparison when they're in the, in, in the playoffs, sometimes, yeah, you can have a great scheme. This is why I sometimes made these outside zone heavy schemes, like the Shanahan Kubiak tree guys, when they have these quarterbacks that have training wheels on, you know, stuff falls apart when in the playoffs, especially because that stuff is so heavily game planned, even more so than the season that, and you have a whole year as a tape, uh, film, whole year of film on, on, on film, <laughs> but it's a guy like Dak is sometimes those guys just have to go get a bucket. They have to just go make a play and Dak can do that. And so it's like, oh, sweet. <laughs> so you can do the cerebral stuff on third down. You can do all the efficient stuff, the short throws, the bubble throws, the, if you do want to run RPOs, you don't need to do it with Dak and that run game. You don't really need to do it, but he can do it. Um, play action. His eyes are great. He stands strong in, the, strong in the pocket. So he can deliver throws downfield. He throws the timing stuff and he has touch, throw intermediate stuff. And then he does the accuracy to throw the short stuff. And then he can create. And, and then also he can lead and he's tough. So it's like, that's an elite guy. I don't know. If you just close your eyes and I describe that person to you, you'd be like, yeah, that guy's probably a good player. <laughs> um, but I, I get I get what you mean. I think with Dak sometimes too is that you uh, like a Lamar or Mahomes or even a Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers guys, people close their eyes and they picture those, what those plays are like they're winning plays. And I think with Dak is just that he's so smooth and does everything so well that it's just kind of like, I think that's where people have issues with it. They just go, well, it's just Dak. And it's like, yeah. And then they're like, oh, okay. But then no one has that mental image that he does that almost like iconic Dak thing, but that's because he just does everything so well (laughs) that nothing else stands out. Mm hmm. What do you think yeah. about the notion for so long, I guess, since, you know, Zeke came in the same class as him and they've kind of been tied at the hip. What do you think about the notion that Dak needs a really good running game to be a good quarterback and, and needs needs that, uh, you know, that play action uh, part of the game? Because I guess that was concern coming out of the injury was that, you know, his ability to, to be a threat in the run game would be limited uh, because of the injury. Yeah. And I could see some of that QB run game, maybe even the coaches kind of going like, hey, we... We're only going to have like two as opposed to maybe five or six in the game. I don't think Dak needs the run game behind him. I'm sure he benefits from a good old line like every quarterback mm-hmm. does. Uh, but I would say the run game is not needed because he can that play action is a good point because he doesn't he can do the play action stuff very well, but he can also drop back. So that's yeah. the thing is he doesn't need those training wheels that 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 type of day one, day two, day three offense that gets installed, he can do the day seven, day eight, day nine, day 10 stuff easily. It's not like he's guessing on plays. So that's why maybe early on, yeah, like most young quarterbacks, a running game does help because then they don't have to drop back every single time. But Dak, I think, can handle the dropping in the back 20 20 plus times a game. You don't want to do it, but I think he can make the most of it. And that's another thing too, is some of that drop back stuff is so many of these routes, you know, the Kellen Moore stuff, you know, it really is Linehan just with a few more motions. Um, and why I know that Scott Linehan was my dad's offense coordinator in Minnesota. And I just know it. Like, I just know the offense. Like, it's just like, Oh, I know. I recognize that. I recognize that. And Kellen's kind of done the exact same, just maybe a couple more cross field motions right before the snap and stuff like that is they, they still have a lot of static routes on the outside and like stop routes. And DBs have gotten a lot better and coaching has gotten a lot better where you need guys on the move a little bit more. And the thing is, we don't realize that's such a negative with that offense is because Dak make it, makes it work. And that's that's a top tier guy. Is it, it's no matter he's scheme proof. And that's <laughs> the highest compliment I can give a guy. As Kent's probably heard me say it a million times. That yeah. you don't have to squint and you're scheme proof. So that's that's something like no matter what you put around him, he's gonna excel in. Just Dak yeah. gushing. This is awesome. I love it. Yeah, yeah, just, right? I, I feel like I'm amongst friends here. This is great. <laughs> no, definitely. You're. I mean, look, and there's still probably, you know, I don't know what percent. There is a percentage of Cowboys fans who are still like, what? Why? You're still not convinced. And, you know, yeah. They did that to Romo, it. though. You know, they yep. did that to Romo. And that's, you know, some people are like never happy, though, too. You know, it's just realize, hey, we're yep. going to be okay. Yep. Now, you know, and all that stuff you're talking about, like, Dak might have needed that in 2016. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, in 2017. I think we can kind of get by. And now, I, I was a big proponent of the Cowboys taking an offensive lineman. Um, I did want that because I just think, you know, where, where Tyron is, is not good at yep. this point in his career. It's just, he's, he misses games each year. Those are the it facts. It is what it is. It is what it is. Great. Yeah. It is what it is. So like when they took Micah Parsons and Rashawn Slater was there, I was like, man, Rashawn Slater's there because he's whatever. If it's guard or if you got to play him yep. attack, whatever. 
That's fine, and that would be great for Dak. And then you start, you know, thinking about okay, fix the defense. I was still, I'm still conflicted. I to this day, I'd tell you I would take Rashawn Slater, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Micah Parsons was, you know, defensive rookie of the year or something. What would you have done if you were, uh, you know, gun to your head, you know, pick uh, twelve for the Cowboys, Parsons or, or Rashawn Slater? I think I had the same plan they did at pick 12 was wait for a corner. <laughs> but I, yeah. But yeah, I know, but uh, we all know what happened there. But I, I, I always go line early because just that's just my personal philosophy is I'm always premium positions, especially in the lottery. Um, I quarterback obviously won, but then I usually go O line or D line or pass rusher. I go O line, D line, corner. And if you don't get one of those four, you trade back. And that's, again, you also have to detangle on trade. I get that's just in a perfect world. And then, yeah, but then you get to, then the next step, like that next tier is pass catcher, uh, three down linebacker, not just off ball linebacker or anything, a three down, play all threes downs or a true uh, two-way safety. Those are the next, next tier of valuable, valuable. And that you can justify that when you get packed past pick 20 because obviously those premium guys aren't going to be there i would have gone o-line that's just i that's just what i believe in and what you brought up with slater is he a guard is he tackle it would have been perfect for the cowboys because you get the injuries all the time so at least he can he can play both so (laughs) wherever you need him to cover up we're good there so that would have probably made sense i also want to say too is another thing when i was watching cowboys film and just i just meant to bring this up i don't know if i get to say it is dak has great chemistry with cd lamb and that's going to be something very fun to watch. And especially how I, I have to compliment. I just kind of dogged him a little bit, but I do have to compliment Kellen Moore, what he does a lot of times. CD is really good operating from inside. He just has that great feel on those over routes and benders and everything. And Kellen would put him in number three and number two, you know, we're tight end spot basically and motion him across and put the tight end at number two spot. And by the way, Cowboys, have, uh, they're going to Blake Jarwin back. So that's going to be a lot of fun, but it's, put him at the number three spot and like Dak gets a little tell, a little coverage tell because he's so smart. That helps. But man, they just have a great chemistry. Like CD knows how to throttle down and Dak knows how to hit him. And it's like, that was one of the most fun things to watch for me. And you know, you got Coop and Gallup and all that, but it's like, that's, they got something there. And and sometimes you just need a guy that you trust every single down. And I think already he trusts them. <laughs> so I'm excited to watch that kind of match, that pairing in year two uh, with CD there. Just gushing the Cowboys. Uh, I, I, it's it's so weird for me. I was a Vikings fan, man, growing up. It was like this. Yeah. <laughs> this is a this is like just evil for me, but it's great. <laughs> now I'm a mercenary. I'm a mercenary now, so this is great. I could just could just talk about fun players. That's that's the best part of the job. Well, uh, since you've been diving into the Cowboys tape, we would be remiss if we didn't ask you about a topic that came up earlier in the show of Jalen yeah. Smith and and kind of what you've seen from him on tape. Uh, you know, yep. I guess there was a famous quote uh, out of the coming out of the season where he was asked, like, you know, are you going to be here long term? And he said, watch the tape, bro. You know, I think that speaks for <laughs> itself. And then people did. And all these gifts on Twitter started going out of some really, really terrible Jalen Smith stuff. So what did you see through the season? Did Jalen Smith stick out to you, good or bad? He's so up and down sometimes. It's really it depends on the game. What I saw with Jalen that has helped him more than anything is they took the green dot away from him in the sense that he's the headset guy uh, to give the play calls to everybody else. They gave it to him when injuries happened. And I think you could really see his play get affected when he Jalen just has to worry about Jalen. He's so much better. And he just has to worry about his world. I think when he had to communicate, I think too much was getting put into his head. And I just think when he was the play caller, so the green dot, um, I don't know if anyone knows, quarterback always has it on offense. So you never have to worry about that. Quarterback and defense. defense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the defense and what actually is happening now uh, uh, is that more safeties are getting it, but that's a whole nother conversation. But usually you have the Mike linebacker will have the green dot on. That's who the defense coordinator can communicate their play calls into. And I would see when Jalen had that, I could see him struggling a little bit because he's lining us everybody else up and you could tell he's thinking as opposed to just naturally doing it when he, he didn't have that visual awareness to kind of go like, oh no, that doesn't look right. He should go over there. You could see him kind of like going like remembering his notes from the week kind of going a little bit. So I think less is more for Jalen a little bit. He's got the knee stuff and that's all. It's just... He's going to have bad weeks. I think it's really, he's like almost a guy that like would benefit from like sitting out one, one game, just cut, like having his own personal bye week <laughs> just so he can get like yeah. rehab a little bit. Like, cause that's what he is. It's like when he's healthy, he's top notch or I shouldn't say top notch, but he's good. He's good. Good. Yeah. And like legitimately, legitimately good, but it's just, it's inc- inconsistent. And it's like you said, when Tyron Smith, when he's not on the field, it's hard to count on him. 
And I just think less is going to be more for him. If he just has less responsibility, he can just try and fly around. That'll help uh, for better or for worse. I'm just picturing like it being like the NBA where like, hey, guys, guys, Jalen's not going today. This is a load management game. Load He's management. Gonna, he'll, he'll play next week. Oh, my right. God. I mean, they did add, they Se- added another games game. 17 games yeah. now. So, hey, I don't know if the fans would, would, would necessarily argue with uh, that strategy, uh, honestly, if they heard that happen. But I know. What, 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 other, what else on tape, Nate, stuck out to you with the Cowboys? Maybe biggest need you saw, biggest hole that they could address, maybe something with McCarthy. <laughs> um, what I do you think, think about that? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, well, yeah, I don't really see much McCarthy's fingerprints on the offense as much as I thought it thought i would uh which is kind of surprised me a little bit Mm -hmm. um i think that offense is just unbelievably loaded if i'm being dead serious and i'm not just saying that because i'm on a cowboys podcast i i really do think they they got two legit tight ends like not and that's like the seventh most important part of their offense (laughs) like i mean (laughs) they got i mean seriously (laughs) i think cd lamb's a stud coops coop uh gallup is a nice role player super role player zeke is fading a little bit. I do think that he he's he's come and go, but I think Tony Pollard's going to really step up. I actually did like Brandon Knox as their undrafted free agent. He can't he can't run out of his own shadow, but he's got good vision. Um, so who knows if he has NFL speed? But he might hit. Um, defensively, of course, is going to be the big question mark. Uh, you know, can they cover anybody on the outside? Especially, uh, you know, they took some home run swings in the draft. I I do think Parsons um, is going to be a dynamic player. Uh, I do that that kind of defense. If Dan Quinn is going to run what I think he's going to run, it's that puts a lot on those interior guys. It's a it's an inside. We we think of the Legion of Boom days. It's the corner and 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 Cam Chancellor and everything. But really, it's Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner, and Earl Thomas. The spine of the defense is what made that defense. It puts a lot of strain on those guys to be right all the time. So I think getting a guy like the ta- as talented as Parsons is is going to really help. There might be some. There might be some uh, 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 learning, a, a little bit of a learning curve. He, he might take some licks early on because he has to read a lot. You have to be come and go. Just think of like Urlacher in a cover two Tampa two defense, or or any of those guys. Sean Lee when he was in the, uh, when you know what's his face was here. Uh, Rod, Rod Marinelli was here. You know, like they have to be two way players, and that puts a lot on them mentally and physically. But I think he is a guy that can do it. It just might take a little bit. He might take some lumps early. I'm excited to see Randy Gregory play a little bit more. He only played like 25 percent of the snaps last year, and he. Shoot, three. I mean, I picked up his stats. He had twelve QB hits, playing twelve twenty five percent of their snaps. I mean, come on. So that's pretty nice. They, we, it's an Randy, obvious question marks. Can they cover anybody? I think that's just what yeah. it's going to be. It might be a lot of shootouts Gre- this year. Randy Gregory's been good. Like anytime he's been on the field yeah. in the NFL, he's been good. It's just yeah. he's just not on the field very often. Uh, not on the field. <laughs> uh, for and that's a whole other topic. Then that's for another day. Yeah. I am interested about Kelvin Joseph. He was their second round pick, and I'm just kind of. Like, I don't have 100% confidence that they're just going to go, you're my starting cornerback. You know, yeah. I that's a, that's going to be a job that's earned. And they love Nishon Wright from Oregon yes. State. And I don't know how much you know about Nishon Wright. Uh, I know but he's he was tall, a guy and that, you know, tall and long. Tall and long. <laughs> tall and long. And that's what they were going for. But, like, I I can see them pushing Nishon Wright into a, into a starting role. If, you know, if there's any slip up from Kelvin Joseph early on. I mean, I, I would not be surprised at all because he's everything that they want. Yeah, and it seems like corners are just such corners are like pitchers, man. It's like you just got to take a bunch of them and hope a couple hit <laughs> like it's tough to find corners. It really is. It's a tough, tough position, especially to play early on like that is that's why I mean, you can look, think in the last 15 years, there's been like two impact corners as rookies. I mean, it's a, it's a hard position. I'm actually I'm curious what the hell they do with Keanu Neal. Like, I have no idea. I'm trying to figure out like I know they're saying they're, they're putting them inside. Um, I love Keanu as a player. I think he he can he can help. He can do he can help somehow. Uh, I'm curious how he is going to slot in though. That that's another guy. And yeah, they just got to get healthy and just shore up up front. And I know I, it's interesting what you said with the corners though, because it's like it's funny when they took the kid from Oregon State because it's just like of course they did. Who else would take you know who else is running a traditional Seahawks defense anymore? And like <laughs> that's all they're doing. They find that arm length and they're just going to tab those guys. Those guys are going to be at top of the board <laughs> no matter what. Let's uh, yeah. We were sitting there ruling out all these names. We're just like not going to take him. Not going to take him. Yep. Not going to take him. But Nishon Wright is one that snuck up on pretty much all of us. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, there's no one was going what? I mean, everyone was like hustling to go watch Oregon State film the next day to like. 
Okay, let's find out. Dane Brugler's got him as like his 35th cornerback. So, like, you know, Cowboy, that poor kid is like, that poor kid, like everyone on draft night, because he was so low on Dane Drakings, yeah. everyone was kind of going off that because not many people had seen him. Yeah. That poor kid's coming in with a huge backpack on his shoulders. I'm like, come on, buddy. I hope it really works out for him because no one was giving him a chance. It's <laughs> so like, it's like, okay, no one can comment on him until we watch him yet. We, we right. all agree. We got to be I nice know. here. And that, that's the thing too. It's a third rounder. It's like, and that's the thing. He's not, he's not, it's not like they took him with an 18th overall pick. And then they're just like, Oh my God, we're relying on this huge project that I've seen a couple teams take some corners early. And I'm like, Holy crap. I was with the Falcons when we took uh, Jalen Collins in the second round. That guy could barely play football at the time. And it was like, and he ended, up, he ended up having a decent year, his second or third year. I want to say his second year. And, it, but, it, you know, he kind of fell off a cliff after that. But it's like, that's what these guys are going to do when they run this type of defense. They're going to take some of these shots and hope one of them hits. And uh, who knows? Yeah, you, that's the thing. You don't know. You don't know how much coaching was he getting at Oregon State. You know, you don't, you don't know that those yeah. types of things too. So, um, I don't want to talk to coaches at Oregon State. One of my friends is there, but <laughs> uh, but yeah. it's uh, but but you just don't know. Some of these guys, they just all of a sudden get in the NFL and it, it just clicks. It just the space, the timing to play. They don't. They're not running 110 ball plays. They have to cover. They are It's 62 plays. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it just makes more sense for guys once they hit the NFL. They're like, oh, I I get to huddle every play. Oh, that's nice. You know, I get to, uh, you know, I get to catch my breath and it's not Oregon or, well, Chip Kelly's not there anymore, but just this team just fastballing every single play. So it's like, I don't know. Some of these guys ascend when they get to the next level. So that's why it's like, screw it. It's a, it's a height, weight, speed bet. Sometimes those chips work. We'll get you out of here on this, Nate. Um, we had our little schedule predictions episode last week. What do you see okay. the Cowboys doing this year? Um, in the NFC, uh, you know, I know you like the Rams a lot, uh, so mm-hmm. I know they might be your Super Bowl pick. I don't know that officially, but um, well, what do you think the Cowboys are going to do this year? Oh, I, I viable content, uh, contender for a playoff spot. <laughs> um, I think they're. I mean, they're have to be co-favorites for NFC East. I mean, who else is going to take that mantle? I mean, it's Washington's defense you have to worry about, but then that's going to be a hilarious matchup with the Cowboys in Washington. It's going to be, it's going to be a movable op, uh, you know, with, with Washington's offense versus Cowboys defense. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be, that one's going to be hilarious. Mm. I think the Eagles are totally way out of it. And then I think the Giants are, you know, well, weird. They, they have some fun pieces, but they, they, they're betting on Daniel Jones, which is like, whew, he better ascend this year if that for any of that to hit. I know. I, I thought he was going to take a little leap last year and he just kind of stagnated, which, you know, I'm sure you guys want to take a shot at Jason Garrett there, but, uh, but then, as Shocker, far, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, but then as far as <laughs> NFC wise, I, I, but I think no matter what, they're going to be contending for one of that, either the title or the MCE's title or one of those, you know, seven spots now for the playoffs. So it's like, I, I think they are a viable playoff team just because their offense is so damn good. And I just think that's what's going to carry them, as we all know. But I think that's that's how good the offense is, is that the defense can take some lumps early on. They can They can stay in a lot of games, even with the defense giving up 30 plus points. There it is. Not 12 the favorite, and five. So. Can you give us 12 and five? I'd say 11, 11 and six. <laughs> okay, not, none of us were bold enough to go twelve and five either. That was the eleven and six was the. I guess still get used to those, those records. Wins. I guess still used to those like saying That's those terrible. records. I don't man. like it. Ten and seven sounds even. awful. Whenever I say ten and seven, yeah. I'm like, ew. Yeah, it is. Was it for, first month of baseball? That's it's like that? a, yeah, <laughs> an odd number at the end. Yeah, no, Hate it. We don't need it. Yeah, well, in, in, in December, we'll love it when we get a 17th game. I mean, we'll like it that. Yeah, it'll be fun then. Who <laughs> cares, fun. right? Yeah, well, does. Nate, we, we'll we're going to need you back on, but Robert just put out a uh, what the hell are the Cowboys article today. So we'll have, have a Robert on here next week to uh, continue this fun. athletic football show uh you know, special edition of the, of the About Them Cowboys podcast, some crossover content here. But um, man, this has been great. Thanks for coming on, Nate. No, thanks for having me, guys. This was this was awesome. I know it's fun. It's fun just talking to Kent now in this this capacity. It's like yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's like, good. This is the you know, as you know, I you know, working for the team. This is the one show that I you know get to maybe chime in a little bit because of you know awesome. my background. So um, that that's, great. that's been great. But um, uh, yeah, we'll have you back on here maybe before the season starts or something. Uh, we'll we'll see what see who the hell knows what's going to happen with the Cowboys, but we'll, we'll figure who it out. Who knows? I love it. But thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks, Nate. Appreciate it, man. All right, let's end the damn thing. Uh, Here's my closing thoughts. No one get too worked up 
over, um, you know, jersey numbers. You know, it's just, hey, it's a, hey, we're progressing, right? Um, and make sure that you keep reading uh, The Athletic. John's got a piece with some OTA observations. Make sure you go check that out. Uh, my goodness, the Mavericks are in the playoffs, and they're doing really well. Got a so Ma- Mavs pod so popping. Sure. Go listen to Tim Tim and Mike Pellucci and Dave DeFore over on our Mavs pod, 77 Minutes. They're, they're doing a great job, so uh, follow along. Yeah, so we got a lot going on there. Rangers doing stuff. Saad uh, might be with us next time. We'll see. Um, but well, we appreciate everyone. Uh, please uh, tell a friend to subscribe to The Athletic. Maybe maybe that's a gift. You know, Father's Day coming up. Maybe you want to get your dad uh, the gift of The Athletic. So maybe that's a good thing. So for Kent Garrison, our esteemed producer, for Father John Machado, one of the Bash brothers, I'm Kevin KT Turner. We'll see you next time on About Them Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs>